I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's War for the White House. So, on Monday's episode, Gerard bottled his way to victory over some pesky Korean terrorists in Olympus Has Fallen. And today, Channing is going to Tatum to the cleaners as a terrorist group of rednecks, hackers and disillusioned former government employees try to take the White House down in 2013's White House Down. We'll have the champion at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. Get off my Jordans. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. Chris Tilly. So, part two of this week's War for the White House. We are recording this in advance, but it is two days after the US election. Not sure if we'll know the winner of that because of postal votes by now, but we will have a winner at the end of the show. Uh, That is unless Trump has refused to yield power and there really are tanks on the streets of Washington, D.C., in which case we'll probably not put this episode out. (laughs) Okay, Uh, These were my choices. So Chris was our eyes and ears around the White House on Monday, which means today Victoria is our tour guide for White House Down. V, take us on a journey. Despite what you may think, White House Down is actually a very different film from Olympus Has Fallen because the hero is a failed Secret Service agent who doesn't know his way around the White House. Your dad here has a job interview with the Secret Service. Why do you want to be in the Secret Service? I can't think of a more important job than protecting the president. In college, you barely maintained a C average. Which may explain why he spends the midsection mostly in a lift shaft. <laughs> Other than that, and a plot twist involving that most dynamic of devices, an old pager. And I found this pager in Walker's pocket. I only know one other person that uses one of these. You're a goddamn traitor, sir. It's exactly the fucking same. 
Is that it? That's it, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Shall I read my one out from last week as well, just to pad the runtime? That, I, I wrote that down. I was like, how long are they in that lift shaft? And it they got back to it. it half an hour. Half an hour of so the movie. Ridiculous. There's a lot of shafts in this movie. <laughs> I, I watched the behind the scenes on the Blu-ray and, and there's a lot of behind the scenes in that lift shaft with, with basically uh, Roland Emmerich trying to stop them from pissing about, basically. I wish they, they, the two of them can't really take any of it seriously. <laughs> I wish it, there'd been a bit more of that in the movie of them messing about. You're Jane Tatum saying, I got a feeling uh, this White House might be down. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've established that you two saw both these films at, but in press screenings, but they're sort of indistinguishable. I'd never seen either of them because I was holding off for this glorious day. Mm. Um, you knew in 2013 that I in knew, seven years I'll be sitting down with these two yeah, idiots to I talk knew, about I felt, these. I felt the breath of glory on my <laughs> in my ear and on my shoulder. I was like, hold on to that. Wet. <laughs> God, are you all right? <laughs> Why did sort you just do just that? Just wet, wet breath. Sort of. I, I imagine glory has got quite wet breath. No, like, right. like, angels, like an angel's whisper. Okay. Anyway. That's more a noise than breath, though. <laughs> talk about the film. Do you mean like angel's breath? Yeah. An angel blowing gently yeah. on your scalp. Scalp. Vicky. <laughs> Vicky, seven years from now. We've got to stop having fag breaks. <laughs> this is no good. So um, I thought when Chris on Monday's episode was talking about the background to Olympus Has Fallen, I was amazed that you could find out stuff because all I can find out about White House Down is the sort of arms race it was in with Olympus Has Fallen. So we will... Should we go into that a bit? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Angels whispering. <laughs> yes. Go into it, Vicky. Go into it. Well, I think it is remarkable how quickly this film got made. Because they were in a, a race to get it made. So James Vanderbilt, who we know from Zodiac, the excellent Zodiac, he writes a spec script and it sells for an unbelievable $3 million. Um, so then it's kind of like the race is on, but Olympus has fallen. They felt better about their film in terms of its position because it did. Um, White House Down didn't have anyone attached, um, so they were like, "Okay, we're going to be all right." But then, in this sort of madness race, um, we get Channing Tatum and Jamie Fox secured. So then everything starts shifting around in terms of release dates, and so both productions appear to have been pushed and pushed. Everyone's moving their release date. Uh, to see it sooner, nearer, further, by a month, etc., mm. etc. Et Very different meetings. And, and, and a lot of the <laughs> issues were around Channing Tatum as well because they wanted him really badly for this role, but he was only free for 10 weeks. Mm. So they had to shoot all his stuff at the front end of the film. Um, and it was 14 months between them doing the deal and it being in a cinema. Yeah, which is, which is nuts. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, so directed by Roland Emmerich, as we all know. So I just thought I'd read out some quotes from him about how different the films are. Okay. Um, oh, so, yeah, I've got a good one from Vanderbilt to come as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Roland Emmerich says theirs, meaning Olympus has fallen, is quite a different movie. Ours is PG thirteen and a threat from within. And there have always been two or three similar movies around at the same time. There's room for both. Turns out that wasn't true, which is a real shame. And then he goes on to say, "You do your film, they do their film." And I remember when there were two volcano and two meteor movies, and I thought, "Isn't Clash of the Titles a good idea?" <laughs> and he thought, "Isn't Hollywood stupid to do that? They're stupid." Is our meat and two veg? <laughs> and this is—I think this is the clue to really what happened. Which he said, "All of a sudden, I was in the same situation," and I said, "Although." Wasn't he in the same situation with Independence Day and Mars Attacks where he was in yeah. a race to release it? So he's like, this yeah. is 
not can't be that much of a surprise. Like this never happens. Like you did this before. This was your fault before. Yeah. Anyway. And you won before. Yeah, you did. Different story. Can't win twice. Um and I said, I'm not stopping. I like my script. I have the two coolest dudes I always wanted to work with together in one film. I'm not stopping. So maybe that's it. Maybe he's just like, well, you know, I'm going to do mine and you stop doing yours and no one would. And so you end up with two identical films. But the fact that the Olympus Fallen, they started uh, developing that in 2002 yeah. and the deal was done, you know, 2011, 2012. Like James Vanderbilt. I've got to ask some questions for him, really, about where this idea came from. Yeah. Um, and a quote from him on the Blu-ray, he says, uh, the fact that we are an original film with an original story setting uh, coming out as a big summer movie is a really exciting thing for me. Okay. Yeah, Thanks for a, that, Jay. Kicking a brown paper bag to the uh, security, the WGA files, <laughs> sniff, <laughs> sniffing about for all the spec scripts that haven't sold. Oh, that's interesting. But isn't that right. amazing that it went for $3 million? Because and no one else was like, mm, we've got one of them. So I find that incredible. Yeah. Like, He's good written, for I, him, think it, I think it was because Emmerich wanted it and wanted to make it. And yeah. so to make Emmerich happy, the studio bought it for him. Yeah. He's written some great films, Jeff Vanderbilt. I, I had a look down his list, and I know this. a lot of people don't like this film. I love Basic, the John Travolta movie. Mm-hmm. He wrote that. He wrote one of my favourite action movies of all time, Welcome to the Jungle, a.k.a. The Rundown, the Rock and Sean William Scott. Brilliant yeah. film mm-hmm. that he wrote. Obviously Zodiac, The Losers, which is really good. Then he wrote White House Down uh, shortly after that. Uh, also The Meg is one of his. Oh, is Terrible. it? I didn't like The Meg. Are you going to tell me the fact again that you told me on WhatsApp the other day, which I think is so interesting? Yeah, ben Wheatley's directing the Meg Two. Ben oh, Wheatley yeah. is doing the Meg Two. <laughs> Odd. Which could, yeah. like, again, I said to It'd Chris, I'm like, if he has got a great killer shark movie in him, yeah. I'm on board. And obviously, we were talking about it recently, but he's writing James Vanderbilt is writing the new Scream film. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but I love the idea that you write Zodiac. And that, that's your fucking calling card. And then you just write what you want. Whatever you want. Because <laughs> yeah, no like, one can argue with it. I was like, oh, okay, we'll do it I, like. I love the idea that he's like sitting there writing Zodiac going, I hate this, all this <laughs> fucking dialogue. But if this gets me the Meg, then oh, it's worth all the hardship. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Um, do you want to talk about the film? Anything sure. else? Anything else? Uh, just the one thing I do have is, is most of this film was shot in an... Indoor golf range. <laughs> what? Why is that hilarious? Yeah. What? They, what? They converted a huge indoor golf range into what they called the bubble, and that's where they built all the sets, including the outdoor sets, and that's where the film was made. Okay. In a golf range. With a lift shaft. Yeah. yeah. Built a, they built a lift shaft. Channing, put down the driver and come and do some fucking work. <laughs> so I don't think it behoves us to go through the plot too but no, we, we just did that on Monday. We've done it already. <laughs> I so. will say this. When I saw it was two hours and 11 minutes long and it came up, I was like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> two hours and 11 minutes. You don't need that much time. As I said, I bought the Blu-ray, which has a director's commentary. I decided I couldn't face it again. No. Especially when this movie takes too long to get started. Whereas Olympus has fallen and goes... Here's a fucking plane blowing up Washington, D.C. This is like 24 minutes. I counted it. Well, I didn't count. I, just, I pressed pause. <laughs> 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. I, I pressed pause. Oh, at 24 minutes, the only thing that's happened is Channing Tatum hasn't got a job. Yes. That he fails a job interview. That's 24 minutes into the film. Yeah. And it's the, ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. All right, so we'll talk about our sort of archetypes, our big characters. Let's talk about Jamie Foxx as the president, because is this not the greatest fucking guy in the world? <laughs> so 
the filmmakers really want us to draw parallels between Jamie Foxx and Abraham Lincoln because he's got the watch that Mary Todd gave to old Abe. They do the flyby past the statue so he can go, oh, woman in my plane. You do know. <laughs> that scene to me, Maggie Gyllenhaal is like a political head. What, what is she, head of the Secret Service? Something, something. She's head of the Secret Service, yeah. I think. So she's, he's like, did you know that Abraham Lincoln made sure that the votes of women were pushed forward? And she's like, I did know that, yeah. son. It's like, of course she yeah. knew but that. She doesn't know that off her own back. She goes, yeah. I did know that mm. because you tell you me. Tell me and so. if you hadn't, I'd be oblivious. <laughs> and I'd have to pretend to not know for the rest of my life. So he's cool about women, great. He wants to end poverty. He wants to take down private military and security companies. He wants to blow apart the military industrial complex. He wants to solve conflict in the Middle East. He wants to do it all. And he can deliver a YouTube video very, very nicely. Oh, yeah. He's so is, cool. He wants to give up smoking. He wants to give up smoking. Yep. Okay, so that's his final good act. So <laughs> there's our president. He is incredible. Then our hero, John Cale, Channing Tatum, has got problems with his super smart, in brackets, yawn, daughter, um, who calls him John. Why are we yawning in brackets? (laughs) This poor little girl. I can't, I don't like... She just wants to wave her flags. I know. I'm sorry to jump ahead, but did you really think the payoff was going to be flag twirling? Because I didn't, but I was thrilled. It's incredible. (laughs) Did you not love that? I was like, this film does tick. Like, James Vanderbilt's script ticks all the boxes it sets up earlier. It's like, are you kidding? She's twirling a flag. Because actually, her talent show did pay off. Yep. In that l- ugly, yep. ugly ripoff of The Rock, by the way. It's yes. like, it's like, I mean, Roland Emmerich and Michael Bay, you can draw comparisons anytime, but Roland Emmerich ripping off the end, the green smoke at the end of The, yeah, yeah. the Rock, and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And you get you, you even fluff it because you can't drop a bomb at all. So you don't even get the bomb's been released and yeah. like at the end of the rock, which is the best part, where you think Nicolas Cage is dead and then he's not because you, you fluffed it. It was a stupid thing to do, Roland. It was. Um, and also, um, just to give uh, Kale Channing Tatum's relationship with his daughter a bit of edge, she calls him John and you're sitting there thinking, I bet you... All the money in my purse, she's going to be calling him dad by the end of the film, if not daddy, mm. actually. So I didn't buy her as his daughter no, for a second. Uh, I didn't buy. It. I mean, I could have, I could have bought them being brother and sister, maybe, but it just didn't feel like a father daughter relationship on screen. No, so because he's been an absent dad, so they don't have that. And I just didn't buy it. I just didn't buy him. I didn't buy them. Right. You're not meant to though, because like he's been distant. He's been off in Afghanistan, uh, yeah, getting injured in the Kunar province. <laughs> Mister joke there. Whereabouts is that on your body? <laughs> That is rubbish. But that's a good point because that brings us to the kind of the engine of Channing Tatum's character, which is he goes for the world's most intense and fucking arsey job interview to be a Secret Service agent with Maggie Gyllenhaal. She does not come off well in this scene. She's a bit too nasty to him. It's it's like there's something else going on, Mm. but... Is it really? That right. First of all, that shouldn't be the sort of job that you can blag your way into anyway. It should be much more stringent. Than <laughs> Maggie, Maggie just uh, they need two agents there. Those are the rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. Agent Todd's got to be there. So you just think there is something else going on, and they do know each other. And he's like, "Oh, we used to have these study sessions," and it's like, "Where is that going? That does never. That never it, comes yeah, back." Yeah, it's a, the, the film doesn't need that potential romantic subplot. What well, the, do something? They set up and don't. Do anything. With I take it. it back. I was like, it ticks every box it introduces. It doesn't. It does flag twirling. Never explains how no. they know each other. No. And there's a bit of character work for her, for Maggie Gyllenhaal here, because she's overcommitted. She's tired. Her boss, who's our baddie, James Woods, who I think is called Martin in this, is he? I think he might be. It comes up quite a lot because some of just, the dialogue is I just like they're agreed. like people just start going, Martin, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I just find that hilarious. Like he's just shot everyone. They're like, Martin, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, even just to go. 
go, Martin, no, he's more powerful than... Martin, what are you doing? <laughs> you shouldn't be doing this, Martin. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing this, Martin. Martin, I saw you this morning. Ma- what has changed between yeah. this morning? Did you have a bad coffee? So uh, He's busy. a White House Martin. Mm. Oh, that's nice. White House Martin. House Martin. Yeah, um, it's, uh, I'd like to suggest that the whole his whole plan wasn't instigated until his leaving present uh, from his mate, uh, I think Roger, who he kills... Uh, is a certificate for a, a massage. A massage, yeah. Uh, that's not a gift that James Woods doesn't strike me as a, a, a kind of guy who'd be a massage guy. Mm. I, I think that I think they hate him, or they're just trying to trigger this entire event by giving him that gift certificate. <laughs> Possibly. So I want to. Oh, now, no, but it kicks off around about now. So we've got paramilitaries. So the threat, as Roland Emmerich rightly says, the threat is from within. They're not um, external foreign forces. But I found it weirdly unexciting. So they blow up the Capitol building. But for some reason, I was just like, oh. now I don't know if it's because I watched them too close together, but it just didn't, it didn't feel scary. It didn't feel... It's not helped by the fact that there's no real explanation for how this group has got together. They all have seemingly disparate mm. missions. There's like a hacker, then there's the, the comedic relief, which mm. are the rednecks, which is puzzling, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get on to because my biggest problem with this film Rednecks, white supremacists, you know... Yeah, yeah, and they are. Yeah. But tonally, this film is all over the place. Like from like going, the, this, this scene is being played for laughs. You'll you'll have James Woods killing his second in command like, in a kind of horrible way, just gunning him down. Mm. And then the next scene will be like the tour guide uh, shouting at one of the rednecks, going, "You should respect the antiques in the White House." And you're like, "What? What are these two scenes doing next to each other?" I really want to talk about um, the hacker played by Jimmy Simpson, whose name I don't know. Um, but oh, like, Jimmy Simpson. So he's brilliant. He was... Uh, no, I mean his character's name. Oh, I only oh, know him I, from House of Cards. He was in uh, Westworld. He's the main, oh, main guy in Westworld. He? And he's in. he plays one of the McPoyles in um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. He's really, really good. Yep. But his character, because uh, he's a hacker, is called Skip Tyler. I fucking love it. Skip I love Tyler. this trope of the tech savant who's high-functioning but quirky because he eats lollipops yep. for no fucking reason. And he's uh, he's always... Of course, he's got a black turtleneck on. Of course he does. And what is he even doing? And he listens to classical music to be like, oh, I'm just so fucking smart. Mm. But but it's a shame because I don't think it's brilliantly directed when he's like, I'm going to hack into NORAD. And what I'm going to do, because I'm so clever, is I'm going to count down from 10 because that's all up to 10 because that's how easy it is for me. And it's like... That's quite boring, though, isn't it? Like, I'd like to see some hacking. Yeah, I'd also like to see him interact with any of the characters at any point, as opposed to most of his scenes being shot completely separate to the rest of the movie. Yeah. No one comes to see him. He's literally in a room of monitors, and then he's dead. And then he's dead. And the whole, because, yeah, when he blows himself and he has to go like, oh, dear, or something. So let's talk about that now. What That's one of my problems with this film. Because like, I, I think Olympus Has Fallen is a sloppily made film mm-hmm. at times. Agreed. But it doesn't have anything as bad as his death because there is no explanation yeah, I don't know how it for his death. Why he's dressed up as a military officer, so he's going to try and scoot out, yep. pretending to be part of the military. He tries the key card once on the bomb mm-hmm. at the way out. It doesn't work. He breathes on it, tries it again and blows up. Yeah. Explanations. No idea. Chris? Yeah, I wonder if there's an implication that that Channing Tatum had put a, set set up a bomb there. No, because the bomb him. is the bomb that stops Channing Tatum getting out. The, they, right. the the team themselves, the terrorists, set up the bomb. Maybe he didn't. But mm. the only thing I could find in my grey matter as an explanation for this. Oh, is, here we go. All right, it's gonna be good. Strapping is when he deletes his 
security profile. You know, mm-hmm. he looks on the computer and he's like, oh, that's me, and I'm going to wipe that. Yep. He inadvertently, because he deletes his identity, somehow deletes the, the key card identity related to him. Yep. So that's why it doesn't work and that's why he blows up. That can be the only reason, and that is such a day one being a hacker, don't make that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and surely it shouldn't require that much guesswork from the audience. Yeah, it's a stupid moment. It's a yep. stupid moment taking the most intelligent guy on the terrorist team and have him make a stupid mistake. Yeah. So we should talk about the rest of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk about all of them because I sort of lost the thread, but I did like Jason Clark as Emil, who's this pissed off American who was in, was doing wet work in Pakistan, but mm-hmm. then the mission pulled out or something, so he had to spend two years in a Taliban-controlled jail. And he's understandably quite mad about that. Um, but you're in a room with him quite a lot of the time. And then, as you've mentioned, this character of Donnie Donaldson, played by Nicholas Wright, of the tour guide. And so this is the light relief to all the tension in this room. As Roland Emmerich said in another interview, you've got a young girl, Emily, uh, Channing Tatum's daughter, a lot of the time being overtly threatened and you do need a little bit of light relief. Mm. But it, the bigger point for me... I don't know if you do need light relief. No. Like, this is like, this is an action film. Like, and yeah. there's a girl in, in danger. Like That's part of what makes an action film happen. I don't need, I don't need jokes in those scenes. But mm. also they're the... As bad guys go, they're the kindest, meanest bad guys and they're the most rubbish expert bad they're guys. They're wallies. They're quickly established as wallies, though, which is not helpful, I don't think. When they get together and they're talking to each other, you realise there's a bunch of nitwits here mm. and yeah. that's not very threatening. The film doesn't help because things start going wrong for them way too early in this movie. Like, yeah. there isn't a long they're enough period. instantly. Yeah, there's not a long enough period where you're like, this, they are a real threat. I don't know how this is going to be solved. It's like the minute, like, Channing Tatum goes, oh, I've got the president now, you fucked. And Jason yeah. Clark, things start going wrong for him. I feel sorry for him because he goes from being the, like, the, the this force of, like, I am really good at my job here to sort of running around making it personal and making stupid yeah, mistakes. they really shoehorn it. He's like, I'm going to kill that guy. And it's like, you've got a job to do and you really should be concentrating on mm. that and maybe not worry about all the other stuff. But he's like, no, I'm going to risk everything to kill this one person. And you don't understand the power dynamic between him and James Woods. James Woods is shouting at him and it's yeah. like... And the biggest problem is, at least James Woods, you get the idea that he wants to blow up the Middle East. <laughs> That's what he wants to do. Bananas. What is Jason? What is just Jason Clark want? Are they actually stealing the money? Or is that a ruse? It's very unclear what Jason Yeah, I think, Jason Clark I think wants. the rest of them are all in it for the money. Right. They think they do it for the money. They don't particularly like America. It's, you know, it's no coincidence they're all American. I think that's that's a good thing in this film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's the that's the switcheroo. So it's the it's it's a hard, a hard die, if it were. They switch around the die hard thing mm. where oh, in die hard you think they're there for the money. But really, they're sorry. They're they're there to, for to be terrorists, but they're really there for the money. Here, you think they're there for the money, but they're really there to be terrorists or the villain is. But you kind of want you you really want to bring that to a head, like where suddenly James Woods is like, actually, fuck the money. This is more important. And Jason Clark's like, I was here for the money. If you don't give me the money, then what was I doing here? Like, you need a bit you, of head. You kind of get that, but they, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. They they. I think it gets said, but then nothing gets done. Because I, I think that you've got our heroes come in the room and it's... I think in two hours and 11 minutes, if you can't like establish a motive for half your bad guys, then there's a problem. Oh, I agree. James Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah. $3 million. So, exactly. So let's talk about um, Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx in a lift shaft for a very, very long time. It just made me so frustrated. I don't mind them going in there at first and being on the roof, apart from rubbish bad guy. He hears them on the roof. The lift jams and he's like, nah, I'll just leave that. Mm. It's like, well, it's ov- they're obviously on the roof of the lift. Well, his mate does go, 
The lift's over 100 years old. <laughs> These are very heavy surface-to-air missiles. It'll be that. He's like, but yeah, but I heard them talking about like, how he's the president. It's like, yeah, but lifts talk. Yeah. And so there, there is a scene in the president's private kitchen where Jamie Foxx has to kill someone. And I think this is meant to bond... Oh, and it's very important to me because Channing Tatum takes his top off. So at last, he's so in... he's wearing a John McClane. So vest. he's in his white vest. Thank God. I think they, there should be a rule. If you are doing a Die Hard ripoff, you have to rule out the white vest. You have really? to go. You just well, can't yes. do it. But then, what would you put on the poster? And then, why would people go and see it? <laughs> <laughs> just Channing Tatum's chest. Like okay, that. what? So you have no top off. Yeah. You could be in oh. Mag- Magic Mike outfit. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, that's a great but, idea. But no head. Like just just his chest, like the whole There's the whole poster his is head. his chest. There's nothing wrong just with his head. tits. Just a tattoo of White House down, like in the middle of his nipples. A big eagle. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really distracting me. That thought actually. Sorry. What? An eagle on his chest. <laughs> no. What's the distracting bit? The bird of prey or the chest underneath? I think the chest underneath. If I'm being completely honest. So they forge this bond to the point where, at this sort of point of the film, there is the potential for Jamie Fox to escape, and Channing Tatum won't go out of the White House because he wants to rescue his daughter, fine, whatever. And Jamie Foxx says, no, no way, man. I am going to stay with you. It's like, what the fuck? It's the Aaron Eckhart moment of going, I want the, I want the Korean delegation in the bunker yeah. with me. That's not, you're the fucking president. Yeah, you really you, need to leave. It's like it's almost like everyone else is saying to like Jamie Foxx, you're, you're the president, so you really need to make the right decision as the president and save this country. And he's like, want to yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a good guy and even, and even doesn't Channing Tatum say you have to go otherwise this was all for nothing mm. it's like, that's so true <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, then there's some driving around on the lawn for a bit good moments uh, no oh I enjoyed this moment <laughs> what someone driving around in circles yeah, because there's a rocket launcher. And... Yeah, that bit's brilliant. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the bit. I mean, I know the bit where they're driving around around the fountain is Forever. a little bit silly, but you kind of go. Roland Emmerich has clearly gone. Oh, I really want a car chase in here, and James yeah. Vanderbilt has gone. I, we can't. I, there's nowhere. There's no roads because you're in the White House. <laughs> He's like, well, there's a lawn. It's like scribble, scribble, scribble. Three million dollars. Got you. It just. I found it so frustrating. Maybe because I don't know the area at all. But all I'm watching. You've never, you've never seen on the telly. I've, but you it's can, quite famous. Do you know how big where, that um, grass bit is? Well, the president lives. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah, in Washington. Um, but just driving round and round in circles. What's the end game there? You are not going to win that game. They're because... trying to get out, though. They're trying to escape, but, but they the... can't because they'd have to drive. He says you can't. He says it almost immediately. You can't drive through that fence. Yeah, but then so they don't. blow it up with a rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah but why and does the it tank... take them? Like, it takes them like ten minutes to decide. They to didn't do know that. a rocket launcher was in the car. That's to find the rocket launcher, know? and they're also being chased by the baddies, so yeah. they're getting away from them while trying to get out. It a tank drives over the fence to try and create space and then that doesn't work because someone blows it up with an RPG and it's just stuck there. Yeah. There's a lot going on in that moment. It's a pretty exciting action sequence. It's not. And I agree. I like a car chase, but in a car chase, you have to go somewhere. And I don't think you can go around around in circles. The problem is the shot, I think it's on the news or from a news helicopter looking down on the car driving around around the fountain is such so bad CGI. Yeah. It looks It looks bad and then it's a bit silly. It's really silly. It's not really silly. It is really silly. It's not really silly. Um, and then... Um... Uh, around this time, we find out that, that Walker, or as you call him, Martin, um, has <laughs> a tumour the size of a golf ball on his frontal lobe yeah. and he's got three months to live. 
do we need that? I mean, he's angry because his son's been killed and he wants revenge. Do we yeah. need the addition of, oh, he's 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 dying as well? So I wondered if it was suggesting that it was pressing on part of a, a, a gland and so yeah. he'd gone psychotic. Not too not too much, but in Just that in that bit. moment, I was like, Oh, that sort of explains his It's pushing it's pushing his angry button. I think yeah. It, <laughs> I, yeah, but genuinely I think it was suggesting that like literally, no, we want you, the audience, to know that no one in government, in central government, would ever do this if they didn't have the well, tumour the size yeah, of a All right, well, then my next question is, what's going on with his wife then, who within 20 seconds of speaking to him decides he's doing the right thing? <laughs> it is a bit peculiar because I love the, the old switcheroo, any old switcheroo I'm a big fan of, and she's like, you do whatever it takes, honey, whatever. For Kevin. Fine, for Kevin, <laughs> brilliant. But is she in on the plan? Because the plan turns out to be to blow up the whole of Iran, and that's a <laughs> fucking mental plan. So does she know that plan? And she's like, if you need to blow yeah, up Iran, you should. That, well, she knows what they know on the outside. So if they know that, then she knows that. But I don't think anyone does know that. We, the audience, don't know that because then Martin reveals it later, I'm going to blow up Iran, to solve the Middle East conflict. She appears to not care who dies. Mm. Yeah. Because that's love. That's real that love. That is real love. Iran, shmiran. If it's <laughs> Do it. Do it, but, Martin. But this golf ball... You don't have to call me Martin. <laughs> this golf ball-sized tumour, which is on his frontal lobe... I'm annoyed we can't see it. Mm. I think it should be sticking out of his yeah. forehead. That's disgusting. Um, it, although he's got three months to live, it doesn't appear to be affecting his fighting skills. Jamie Foxx is a pretty fit guy, but mm. when they're fighting each other, he's bang up. He's bang no, up for true. it. And yeah. it's weird because a lot there's a big part of the film where he has to have a big sit down on the stairs, which at the time <laughs> you're like, well, obviously it's tiring work trying to take mm. down Iran and the government. But at the time, it just looks like oh, you're a knackered old man because you don't know about the tune. hours and 11 minutes. And we get five minutes of that, him sitting on the he stairs doing nothing. Having a rest. Doing nothing. <laughs> I don't understand because Jamie Foxx, you're right, he's obviously a fitter man. And again, it doesn't really work. Uh, granted, Jamie Foxx is, I think he's 12 years older than Channing Tatum, but does not look it. No. Um, and there are sort of moments where Channing Tatum is helping him out of air ducts and stuff. And you're like... He doesn't really look like he needs help. He yeah. doesn't look. He's a fox. He doesn't look like the age that you're playing him as in this movie. I agree, and we'll talk more about that after a short break. WrestleMe is a show where two men watch every WrestleMania from one to thirty-seven, unpicking the multicolored threads that tie it all together. I think it's slightly something to do with the fact that Americans don't really like cell phones, do they? Right. I think they've all got basic ones, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's a big shout. It is a big shout, but I mean, there is something funny about it, like text messaging never took off in the states. What? I'm, come on now, never been big. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're a lapsed fan or someone who doesn't give a flying laureate about it, there's something for everyone. If you can get a crowd to boo you for kicking a fabulous ladder. Fabulous ladder. And the crowd are booing. Yeah. I get just, off that lovely ladder we've just learned about. It's a beautiful polysexual ladder. It's a, it's a beautiful hand-bear shabby yeah. chic creation. If you climb up to it, ecstasy yeah. can be found <laughs> at the top. Listen via Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. WrestleMe is a Stakhanov production. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, so then, Richard Jenkins, who's going to be revealed as our other baddie. Oh, Dickie Jenkins. Oh, yeah, tricky him. Dickie. So he becomes a president after the VP and Jenna, who is a minor character, but I think she gets a bit of a raw deal. So Jenna is the person. Got it here. Got it here. What the fuck? Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so bad. Who's awful. Jenna? Jenna is the one who gets Channing Tatum the job interview as a favour in the first place. Oh, yes. On the basis yes. that she is then going to have a candlelit romantic dinner with Channing Tatum. So she is the one who puts him in a position to save the fucking planet in this movie. Yeah. Then she gets on Air Force One as a little cheeky G&T and is dead. She <laughs> dies in a fireball falling from the sky. But Short change doesn't fucking cover it. And the reason she's being she's being punished for that drink because it's such a weird scene. She comes out shaking and she's like, and he, someone gives her the, like, the side eye and she's like, like that rough day her. And she's like, I just need a drink. She's fucking fair enough. And gin and tonic. Is this coming from the Victoria who went for a bottomless brunch and experienced a lot of gin on Saturday? She's been punished for that drink and she has every right to have a G&T on Air Force One. I went out on Saturday for that and then I watched this on Sunday. And... <laughs> you do not punish a woman for drinking gin. You do not. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was Jenna in that moment. My favourite story from uh, your weekend, can I share? Uh, is, is where you went to a bottomless brunch and then came to in another pub <laughs> and had no idea why you were in another pub. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm, we can't... I'm, we went because we'd made the booking. And at some point, why did not one of us say, like, we can't do that? Like, we don't need to do that. We've drunk all the gin. We've drunk everything. There's no need now to go to the pub. We should call it a night. A booking's a booking. A booking's, a booking's a booking. I'm on it. Especially I'm on Air Force times. One. Especially in these they times. They must have been so surprised to see us. But people need the money, don't they? They were like, come and sit down. Ha- happy or sad to see you? <laughs> I can't really recall. Just like, surprise. Let's leave it at that. Let's yeah. leave it surprise blank. I think the only thing that said... Did you order gin? No. It was pissing down with rain outside and it was pitch dark by that point so they couldn't see or hear anything we were saying. So I think that is what saved us. I fail to believe that I have been in pubs where you've been thrown out for the noise that you make and you're suggesting that this pub they couldn't hear you it was raining really hard (laughs) anyway where were we yes so some girl has a drink and then she gets blown up so that's an awful thing to happen to anyone and again doesn't even fridge doesn't even fridging that's not fridging but but Channing Tatum doesn't doesn't know or care someone should tell him yeah if someone told him and he was like oh but I could have loved her or got to second base with her, whatever that is. He's moved on um, to Gyllenhaal. On but, yeah. command, she tells him, I want you to try and get to second yeah. base. But just, I suppose that's someone's sort of attempt at like, this is what I think about consent. To where <laughs> a woman goes, this is literally what you have to do <laughs> on the night that you will do it. Yeah. Don't just, f- <laughs> No fucking romance. Get me on that bed. Yeah, after dinner. <laughs> um, during dinner. During dinner. Take away. Oh, that's distracting as well. Anyway, um, <laughs> so... Where am I up to? So then... we're, we're still mourning Jenna at the moment and in sort of a, a roundabout way of mourning your weekend. Yeah. Well, I got a question about Roland Emmerich. Does he like the military or not? 
That's a good question. I think so. Because he seems to celebrate the might of the military on screen regularly, but he also seems to criticise it quite yeah. a lot. Mm. You know, I think this is quite an anti-military film. Right, because they come in and die. No, because of the military-industrial complex. Like that, exactly. That subplot right. about... There are certain... I mean, the whole thing about Jamie Foxx single-handedly negotiating a, a global peace deal mm. is crackers, but <laughs> there is the justification for that, which is these guys, they'll never let it rest because there's a lot of money to be made. And there's obviously truth in that somewhere, but there's never going to be one president that's like, and I'm going to blow this whole thing apart, like not in a million, million years. So there is a... And that's what's missing in the White House. (laughs) Um, Ronald Emmerich said of this film, it's the first time I don't totally blow the White House up. I just destroy it bit by bit. I I have an interesting theory, like because I think, like, you know, 2012, I... Love. Day After Tomorrow, I love. I love Roland Emmerich's disaster movies. And so I've always considered him a great action director. But I don't know after watching this movie if he really is. I think he does great action on a planetary scale. Like massive, massive destruction of the Earth, the tectonic plates splitting open, tidal waves... But give him a car chase and, you know, I know I said it was good, but it's not a great car chase. It's just within this movie, it's something exciting that happens. I don't think he's a great small-scale action director. I don't think the fights are that great. I don't think the gunfights are particularly inspired. But that's not something he does very often. The Mm. action he does is maybe one person being chased by a wave. <laughs> no, no, there's a tidal wave. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people being chased. There's not a, what movie are you or talking a, or about? Or a wolf. Remember the wolves in the day after tomorrow that oh, shove out of nowhere. Yeah, I thought you were talking CG about. Wolves. I thought you were talking about ten million years BC. Is it ten million years BC? Ten million. I never years. saw that one. It's the one with the saber toothed tiger. Let's move on. <laughs> So let's move on. So the wolves are good, by the way. We've <laughs> got again Richard Jenkins, who's now uh, Prez. <laughs> They're good. Hasn't had any. He hasn't run any scenarios where this happens because someone says, "What are your orders, sir?" And he's like, "I don't fucking know, to be honest." Um, but then we've got the reveal that Martin wants to literally blow up the whole of Iran, <laughs> which did take me by surprise a little bit because as a plan, it seems quite flawed. I don't think that solves many problems, and it just kills millions and billions exactly, of people. Because he's got a tumour the oh, size of a, a golf tumor, ball. Yeah. So you're not thinking straight. And then there's a weird scene where we're back in the hostage room and Emily has been established as being a little bit in love with Jamie Foxx. Like she's sort of a politics groupie, which is very odd as a character thing. Um, what do you mean? We live in a world where kids are very politicised. So this you... is actually, a, this is ahead of the game. No, I, you... That... Yeah, Vicky. No, Jeez. listen. Not everyone's thinking about bottomless brunches. They're thinking about changing the fucking planet. <laughs> that place, there was there was younger people that didn't be there. So... <laughs> <laughs> Which was a bit awkward, uh, but show them how it's done. So what I mean <laughs> is... Terrifying image. I know, oh God. Yeah, come over here. <laughs> As you uh, drink gin. Stay back. <laughs> 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 I'm standing so close to me, it felt like the Nazis at the end of the last crusade. What I mean is young people are politicised and that's a brilliant thing and a powerful thing. But her love is not for politics, it's for a politician mm. and that's a very different thing. She's a groupie for Jamie Foxx. She's not like, I love your policy. She knows no, about she policies. loves the White House as well. She's a, she's a White House groupie. Yeah, but that's a building. Like mm. She's not like, oh, and I really believe in equality, diversity and whatever. She's just like... It's two hours, ten minutes. Did you want another 15 minutes with her explaining her political no, creed? No, it, it is a bit, a bit weird at the start. Like, is she, is it, is she just on a news alert... That tells yeah, her, it her up, what, but it? it tells her That's when so the president's helicopters are flying over her house. 
that seems like a security risk. We just send out a blanket text yeah. to everyone and go, President will be flying over yeah. Washington, D.C. right now. If you want to uh, let everyone know. Yeah. it's ludicrous. In Marine One. So there's a weird scene mm. where <laughs> someone's got a gun to Emily's head or something. And the the conceit is Jamie Foxx makes her accept her own death and yet still is a great guy. So, <laughs> so he's God like, about that. It's so weird. Yeah. So he's mm. like, look, Emily, you realise I can't not I can't stop him from killing you because millions of people would die. She's supposed to go, okay. <laughs> she does. She's like, it's you. Yeah, it's I, you. It's like the power he has over that girl is actually scary. It's dark. It's dark. He's, he's playing Obama, though, isn't he? We, even the Nicorettes, that's an Obama yeah, thing. Yeah, and the, yeah. Everything, and the speech pattern he's used. I think if Obama said that to me, I'd buy into it. Okay, it's my, time, my time's up. <laughs> it's, oh. for, it's for the good of the country. Do you think he does birthday messages? Because we should investigate <laughs> Oh, that. my God, that would be amazing. Yeah. Do you think... Obama does birthday messages. Maybe if we could I'm not get... sure. <laughs> I think of... it's blokes for me 17 a rather lot than of people Obama who do that kind of well, thing. Well, then he should. It's a... He's not busy, I don't think, anymore. <laughs> he's got a media company now. I think he's got a show. He's on Netflix. I'm sure he does something like that. That would be great if your birthday message was, Chris, you have to let this man kill you. <laughs> That's a terrible impression. <laughs> not doing an impression of Obama. Just doing a general impression. Um, what is a nuclear football and can I get one? Because I love that phrase. I loved it, I, but I don't know what you it is. You hear it a lot. I've got the nuclear I've football. I've got the nuclear football. So to me, it just you pass it back and forth. And it's keyed, it's keyed to the blood type and heartbeat of the president, the nuclear football. So that is an all, that's the best football ever. So does that mean that when the president touches it, it stabs him in the finger? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> the nuclear football. Wait, what does it look like in I the movie? I don't really know. He just I says he's got the nuclear... I thought it was just like the palm print thing, but they say it's keyed to the blood type of the president. Mm. You can't read your blood type through your skin. There's a, there's, a, there's a horrible, like almost a running gag in this where because so many different people get sworn in as the new president. Yeah, it's ludicrous. There was, it's like the, the guy just keeps turning up and goes, these are the nuclear codes. <laughs> keep them on your person. You're like, I, they almost should do it a third time just to keep the the rule of three because it's like you keep seeing that yeah, scene. That would be brilliant if they did that. It's quite good though. I do think the bit on Air Force One with the vice president where he's sworn in as the president and then the people in the command bunker are like going, I don't think that's a good idea. And one of his staff goes, um, let me just tell you, you're speaking to the president now. And that real petty, small-mindedness yeah. that they are in... With all this going on, they're still more focused on the fact that their man is now the president, so yeah. people should respect him. Even though moments ago he was the vice president, now yeah, he's the president. It's also it, a it, massive but, distraction. Like, at that no, point, good, who cares? No, because it gives... It makes them seem less, like, uh, less sympathetic when Air Force One gets blown the fuck up. Yeah, that's true. So you, you kind of like, yeah. ah, well, that'll teach you for being yeah. petty and making your new president do that. So it makes you go, great, Air Force One's blown up. I don't, I don't feel anything for yeah. those people. But it is a distraction in the lift shaft, which I already hate that bit. There's this back and forth between Channing Tatum and Maggie Gyllenhaal where they're like, you need to get the president out of here. And if you don't do it in the next five minutes, he won't even be the president. It's like, mm. that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter, does it? Who cares? Yeah, he seems to stop being the president despite Lots. everyone knowing he's alive a lot <laughs> a during lot. this movie. It's, yeah. like, it's like they're talking to him and they're swearing the other guy. And it's like, we've got him on the phone. It's like, <laughs> yeah. eh, it's probably not him. That's another thing <laughs> in both films. Phones that just work all the time just by you speaking, no matter where you are in a building or what you've got on you. Like, all you have to do is go, are you still there? Look down. And someone goes, Yep, Channing Tatum was well, still with you. You need that so Maggie Gyllenhaal can at three different intervals go, the code for that key lock is <laughs> 4576. It's a different oh, one now. It's 3214. So Very boring. Um, so the next amazing part of this film really is Emily running on the lawn with a flag to do the twirling to stop a bomb, but then lots of people are running towards uh, something, something. Mm. 
unsure. The Rock. It's The Rock. The Rock. It's The Rock crossed with Les Miserables. So then everyone's <laughs> saved and the, the right people are alive. The right people are dead. Richard Jenkins is the real baddie because of that old classic, I'm going to ring this number and see what happens. <laughs> oh, it's your pager. And then he just fesses up immediately, which is really like, there's no attempt for him to be like, this and this and this means this, this and this. He's just like, you got me, Channing Tatum. Yeah, I managed to be part of the plan that took down the White House, but God. Show I'll, me a pager. Yeah. Um, uh, we uh, didn't mention uh, probably one of the worst uh, little lines in this is the fact that James Woods and Jamie Foxx are constantly arguing about whether it's the pen or the sword that is oh mightier. My God. <laughs> and when Jamie Foxx finally steps up to take down James Woods, he actually says the line, I choose the pen! Yeah, choose the pen. <laughs> yeah. I choose the pen, Stab! I didn't like that. It's awful. It's, it's certainly no let off some steam, Bennett. It's like, I choose <laughs> the pen. But we, we also missed the... I quite like Jason Clark's death where he's wearing a grenade that was oh, necklace. around his neck, yeah. Belonged in a, but it belongs in Olympus Has Fallen. That is a death from yeah. Olympus Has Fallen. That, like, it's, I it's, didn't like the fact that they kept calling each other bitch. That annoyed me. I don't mind that normally, but he's like, you bitch. Oh, that's a good like, note, note to self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop calling me a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> when she's here. <laughs> <laughs> but do you not find that jarring? He's like, this will teach you, you little bitch, and then blows his head off. Like, what the fuck is that supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, rubbish. Don't like that. Bad um, right, not then... $3 million writing. Still better than, I choose the pen. <laughs> Rah! <laughs> <laughs> I'd have loved it more if he'd gone, Rah! <laughs> And then the bit, this final bit, which I just couldn't cope with, yeah. is they're I mean, on the plane. Channing Tatum gets the job. That's great. It gets Emily on the plane. She's like, please, can we just leave her but, off, but, off the plane? Yeah, why is she on the Why is she going know. on she the plane? Go. And then mum lets her go. Her mum says, yes, of course, go with your father. No. No, I'm going to take you home now. Yeah, you're never seeing him we're again, gonna, actually. We're going to have a sit down. Yeah. This is what happens. I told yeah. you he was like this. <laughs> you can't just have a day out. No, etc. But then Maggie Jenner was like, sir, I need to tell you, you've brokered global peace. And he's like, oh, that's amazing. Let's do the flyby, blah, blah, blah. The president wants to do the thing. Sounds very, very suspicious and <laughs> off. Well, we, we sort of stopped that with Bill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't do that anymore. We, do. we don't we call stop, it that. We when, stop the when, thing. When she tells him that because of all of this, his peace, his peace plan is a go, that got big laughs in the cinema. It's hilarious. Big, unintentional yeah. laugh. As if all the other, the G8 leaders are like, well, you didn't stop this shitstorm in your own fucking house. So I trust you to broker world peace. No, I don't think you do. Um, and the flyby thing, is it just me? But I don't think it's that cool. Like They're like, the president wants to do the thing. Yes. And then the first time they do it, uh, Maggie Jenner holds on the lawn with someone else and they're like, Tell me, we haven't got the greatest job in the whole world. Oh, it's like, it, all of that, all of that about? stuff feels like it's cut and pasted from a bad episode of The West Wing, it's, where yeah. they do those sentimental things yeah. all the time. Yeah, there is a there is an argument for perhaps it's Jamie Foxx who has the the tumor the size of a golf ball pressing on his frontal lobe. It's like we we did the flyby this thing, this yeah. this morning. He's like. I want to do it again. Again, again, again. I want to do it again. And his poor wife and kids <laughs> think he's dead. And would he not be in a rush to like get back to them? Oh, we got time to fly past Abe's knees. Yeah, they, they, again. They, they do again. The, again, though. They do the flyby and then street fighting man by the Rolling Stones. Makes no sense. <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? It's because quite a specific song. Specific song, probably quite hard to get. Or yes, probably quite very expensive. expensive. Yeah. Roland so wants got, it. Yeah, oh, Olympus has fallen. Yeah, he's a fighter. He's a boxer. Maybe, maybe it works for that. But yeah. this, it's just no connection. No. Very odd. No. And that is my thoughts. Those are my thoughts on that film. So I, just to go into a bit of detail here, Olympus uh, cost 70 million. 
and made 170 million. White House Down cost 150 million mm. and made 200 million. More than double. It doesn't look more than double. You no, know, it doesn't. I was, I've written down that the remarkable, the, the budget differential when you watch it, there's they're, they're slightly worse CG in Olympus Has Fallen, but it's not that dramatic. Um, runtime, very nearly the same, 10 minute difference. Uh, Olympus Has Fallen got 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. White House Down got 52%. It beat it by 3%. Mm. Um, Which but, makes for an exciting verdict coming up. Uh, and the only thing I've got is Roland Emmerich announced, as we were just about to record, his new film is shooting. Would you like to know what Roland Emmerich's new film is? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's called Moonfall. <laughs> Do you want to guess it's what it's called, about? What? Oh my God, does the moon fall out of Moonfall. the sky? Moonfall. The moon is falling onto it's Earth. It's about a space crew travelling to the moon after it's struck by an asteroid and is sent on a collision course with Earth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not even making it up. Roland Emmerich's doing that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That man is a little liar. That's what he's like, this has never happened to me before. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if someone else has just announced a big moon movie. That's, that sounds... I thought you'd like that. That sounds it's crazy. It's bonkers. That sounds so bad. <laughs> we'll watch it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I just don't... Uh, stick get... to what you know. People say stick to or what the, you know. What will happen is parts of the moon will break off earlier and destroy monuments on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> But that, it will, because he'll want that bit. He'll want that bit. And then the tides... The he should, the, have, the, he should oh, have the White shit. House blowing up in the trailer. The, Because <laughs> the, the, the moon controls the tides, so he'll, have, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be able to have a few tsunamis as it gets closer to yeah. uh, to the Earth. Yeah, of course. It, this is actually good. This is good role in Nemeric territory. Anything else? Uh, the moon controls your periods, so you could have every single woman in the world <laughs> menstruating at the same time. It's a bit more low key. A tidal wave. I've already covered that. <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> I think he's got uncomfortable. <laughs> That's interesting. No, I was thinking. I was talking about someone running away from a wave. If it was a giant. Yeah, yeah. Period. Uh, Patrick Wilson's in it. <laughs> Stanley Tucci, Halle Berry. Donald Sutherland. It's, it's his usual sort of quite good actors slumming it for. Yeah. Whatever that's going to be. Uh, shall wow. we do the bits then? Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what was your favourite best scene? Uh, I thought the best scene was the joyride around the garden that you hated What's so much, Vicky. Uh, watching the president pick up a rocket launcher and fire at the baddies is fun. Yes, they should do it the minute they get in the car and not drive around in circles. Uh-huh. And you? Uh, countdown moment. I'm just going to pass you. Uh, I actually have written here what? the car chase on the... <laughs> On the lawn. Great fun, uh, isn't with it? The it's, great fun. Just, it's a great it's moment. Great fun. And, and, and the these, best can't, scene. these can't be wrong because they're literally yeah. your opinion. Yeah. It's, so. it's, it's, it's the best scene. So that's what this section's called best scene. It is. That's the best the scene. The best scene is Emily twirling a flag, obviously, <laughs> because of the shock and awe of it. Like, I can't believe that's the payoff. Yeah, and to be honest, the first time I watched it, I hadn't, I hadn't clocked that that was what they were doing this time. It was like, oh, that is actually quite It's clever. just something that they must have been, we've written ourselves into a corner here because her whole thing with her dad is that he missed the flag twirl. It's how do we resolve that? Oh, I know. She should. No, I imagine, the I imagine they came at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your most valuable whatever, Alex. James Woods. I love James Woods as an actor. I yeah. think he... <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, yeah, I do. As an actor. I, put it, I wrote it down. I literally, it's in bold. As an actor. <laughs> uh, You're on it. I, um, yeah, no. I just think he's great. He adds something to every movie he's in. And I think, you know, he adds a bit of class to the proceedings here in a different kind of way to um, your Tatums and your Foxes. Mm. I think he's great. What about you? Uh, I was going to say... Um, sorry, I was going to say uh, respect to James Wood who between this and contact has been hiding in plain sight this whole time <laughs> and no one clocked it until the last two years. Um, but I'm going to go for uh, the pilot 
who does the right thing by aborting the mission he's been ordered to carry out. Oh, and that's nice. Uh, but I also believe the film should end with him being fired for failing to follow orders. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It's not supposed to be the sort of job where you're like, actually, I decide. <laughs> you're really supposed to follow that's, orders. Yeah. yeah, that is what your all your training all is your about. Training is, yeah, yeah, the last week you go, screw this. Yeah. I'm not doing that. That's Going a kid home. on the lawn. <laughs> twirling um, a flag. My, my kid does that in a talent show. My MVW is the same... Uh, same strategy, in fact, as Monday, which is, who do you fancy most in this film? That's Channing Tatum. Although, do you know what? Channing Tatum has been ruined for me a little bit because you remember when we did the Magic Mark episode and you pretended to us that he, when he was a dancer, his name was Chinese Fanny and then you said you made it up and I can't stop thinking of that and it ruins him for me a no, bit. That was his stripper name. It wasn't name, his stripper Chinese name. Fanny. It wasn't. It was. That's made up. All right. Um... What would you change, Chris? Um, they should have a scene that uh, where while Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx are running through the White House tunnels, uh, they bump into Gerard Butler and Aaron Eckhart. Amazing. <laughs> like the doppelganger scene in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's solid. That's good. That's good. Ow. Uh, I've done mine already. I went early. Uh, Jenna, I just feel sorry for her. Yeah. I re- it, it, it spoils the movie for me that she never... She never gets her date. And she never gets. She never gets Channing Tatum like second base in her. I think it's. I think it could have been a post-credit scene. <laughs> I would have liked that. Channing's funny. I, I just don't think she gets. She should blow up. I I, I. 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 do think the Air Force One bit. I was. I was reading about this idea. There was a, a um, online about the whammo. Uh, theory, which is that every template pages, your screenplay needs something whammo. Mm-hmm. And depending on how big or small your screenplay is, uh, you know, it, it, t- it takes the, deci- the, the, the size of the whammo. Obviously, this is a big movie, but the Air Force One bet is a properly great whammo moment. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. blowing up Air Force One. I didn't see Shocker. it coming yeah. at yeah. all. And it's because it goes and upside I think it's down great. as well, which is so unnatural mm-hmm. and it, it does look really amazing. It's great. It's yeah. great. Um, I just want to cover off a few things with my change, if that's all right. The r- the running joke of the politician, I don't know his actual job title, Roger Skinner, for crying is weak and a lame joke. So he's this big tough guy and he goes to pieces because fucking terrorists are going to blow his head off. So of course he goes to pieces. Like, I don't like the idea that because he's crying, like he's not really a man or he's not really brave. And, and then when really he explained if he's a, like, because he's quite, he's a right wing commentator, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah no, I think they, they're having a, they're just having a pop at Fox News there. Yeah. But then he does stand up for Emily sure. and then he gets his fucking nuts blown off or something. It's like, I just don't like Shot that. Shot in the leg. Shot. <laughs> the, white, the, white <laughs> the white supremacist likes him, doesn't he? The white yes, supremacist is a big fan of him. Yeah, the guy's yeah. a villain. So I, I, I no, I just thought it's just the crying thing. Like, you, people can cry when someone's going to blow your head off. Like, it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't make you a figure of fun. No, I didn't know no, you no. liked white supremacy so much. This I, is this is odd. Did you not know that about me? Very blonde. And also, um, I, if someone had a gun pointed at me, I wouldn't cry. You wouldn't cry? No, of course no, not. No. no. I'd be like, don't point that. Don't point. Stop pointing that fucking gun at me, mate. Sit down. Yeah. Take this girl. She's, she, she, she filmed you. She filmed you. I saw her doing it. Get her. Yeah. The other thing is... There has to be a romantic payoff for Channing Tatum with Maggie Gyllenhaal because otherwise, what's the fucking point of all that? Like, but we know each other, so we hate each other, and I won't give this job. Oh blah, blah, Jesus, blah. fucking! You haven't had enough with Jenna, have you? So Jenna, not only does she get blown up, Channing Tatum doesn't care and goes for Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes, I that's, think you that's can't good. have it both ways. But the biggest change, and you will like this because mm. it's a John McClane change. I'll be the judge of that. Is <laughs> Channing Tatum has got such a sweet face. 
that he doesn't do when he's encroaching on the room with the hostages and they've got his daughter and he's, he should be a man pushed to the edge by a very bad day like Die Hard and it gets quite dark but he's always got such a nice attitude about mm. the whole thing like he's angry and he wants to get his daughter back but he doesn't seem more menacing than he did at the beginning his level of threat is still the same and that's a mistake he should be hiding in the curtains camouflaged up whatever like he's gone apocalypse now he's gone fucking nuts but naked <laughs> hey yes that's Sla- slathered in oil <laughs> slipping about the floor <laughs> they won't get me because the terrorists would, like try and grab him but because he's covered oh, in oil their hands are, just, you their know hands are just slip imagine, off like, you know when he just goes, his chest oh jesus <laughs> No, it just he just dances his way out of trouble. <laughs> That's what I would like to say. So you fancy him, but you don't really respect him as an actor because a lot of your jokes seem to no. go with him being in Magic Mike in every movie. No, I, I like him in the Jump Street films. As well. Yeah, I know. I I I do wonder if he's miscast here. I think he does certain things very well. Yes, but I don't think he's a particularly versatile actor, and I'm not sure he works here. It needs there needs to be something more I threatening him about it. The, 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 the Jump Street version of this character yeah. is is the one he's good at. Yeah, and I don't think like a lot of people would sort of talk about how great the buddy element is between him and Jamie Fox. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think so at all. I don't think it works. I don't think right. either of their characters are opposite enough for them to sort of have any kind of sparring or bickering agree, or yeah. like there's no conflict in their no. scenes and for a good buddy thing you need a bit of conflict and yeah. it, as, it really lacks that as Jamie Foxx said on, on behind the scenes he said we're both easygoing southern cats mm. <laughs> excellent I can't wait to see that move oh you've made it yeah uh, any more for any more no right then time for the verdict mm. so uh, I pick these movies, uh, which means, um, unless I choose to do it differently in the middle, I'll go last. Uh, <laughs> let's start with you, Christopher. I think both of these movies are better than two of the Die Hard movies. What? And one of them might even be better than three of the Die Hard movies. Um, I think White House Down has the better title. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, and I like that Americans are the villains of White House Down, as I'm quite troubled by the politics of Olympus Has Fallen and some of the stuff that's going on there. But in spite of having more actual jokes, White House Down is less funny and feels much more earnest in a way. And certainly at those screenings I attended, uh, the audience, it felt like they were laughing with Olympus Has Fallen, but laughing at White House Down. And I think that might be affecting how I feel about these films, but I feel the same way now as I did then. I think Olympus Has Fallen is simply the better film. <gasps> Interesting. Victoria. So, the fact that the terrorists in White House Down are homegrown makes it better because it it doesn't age as badly. The minute you've got like, North Koreans, all the North Korean needs to do is not be threatening anymore, which is probably not going to happen, but then you've you've aged your film massively forever. Goes in circles, though, doesn't it? Russians were fine for a while and all those That's films true. seem dated. They're back now. <laughs> <laughs> but White House Down, a lot of it really is crawling around in a lift and I can't be having that. Then in terms of your hero, I do love Channing Tatum very much and I do not gel with Gerard Butler. I don't get it. Like, I really don't get it. I don't find it. There's a brilliant Guardian article about this film and the way that the writer describes Gerard Butler is like, he's like your dad's friend who's got far too much power and it's like, that really tickled me. He's like, who is Mike Banning? Why is he so good at his job? It makes no sense to me. But with Channing Tatum, because he has this very strong emotional beat to pull off about reconnecting with his daughter, and I agree with you, Chris, I didn't really buy him as a dad. Plus, I was led to believe it was a hilarious buddy comedy where one of the buddies happens to be the president of the United States and it isn't. 
I'm also going to pick, which I cannot believe, um, Olympus Has Fallen. Whoa, there we go. That is the result. Olympus Has Fallen has won. Probably should have uh, gone second because I was picking White House down. <laughs> had a bit of jeopardy. But uh, <laughs> I, it's, I actually think it's a really tough call. Um, uh, just for the record, uh, for me, Olympus Has Fallen opens massively and gradually gets more and more boring, whereas White House Down starts so slowly and by the end is actually quite exciting. And I had to boil it down to rewatchability and I'd rather rewatch White House Down knowing that it was going to get better rather than starting Olympus Has Fallen going, this is going to get very boring after that plane crash. So I'd have gone White House Down, but Olympus Has Fallen has won and I'm not too bothered this week because it's too difficult to really pick between them. I think I'm happy. They're both too good. But it's just why, you know. So we've elected Aaron Eckhart as our president. I'd have either of them, to be honest, Mm. given the state of things, (laughs) to be like, as they are now, as like actors, do you want to just step up and have a pop at it? Like, why not? I still think Morgan Freeman, if he ran for the White House, heartbeat, you know, (laughs) especially with Moonfall coming out, fear of the moon falling. (laughs) Morgan Freeman, he's got experience in that department. I mean, just polish off that old speech. Exactly. Although he does sometimes dress a, a little too young, uh, I find for a, for an older man. When in you real see life, in real yeah, life, yeah, I completely agree. I was like, I was like, what are you doing, Morgan Freeman? <laughs> you, you have played the president of the United States more than once. What I are you doing? A, I think he's a bit of a devil in real life. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit of a naughty boy. Mm. Uh, probably don't run for office then that shit comes out so uh, (laughs) you found (laughs) my political career began and ended with one phone call from a tabloid Uh, we know about this great great out so I just need to not not put my name on the ballot paper done Uh, let's talk about next week then Chris your choices remind us of the clue you gave us it's L.A. Neo-Noir L.A. Neo-Noir so I listened back to the Witches episode mm. and I heard me telling a Stuart Little wanking joke <laughs> and I felt like we needed Sorry. to class the joint up a bit and maybe I need to redeem myself with these choices so I'm going to go for something a little more highbrow uh, Vicky you have Chinatown that's mad <laughs> Uh, and if you're in the UK, that's on Sky and available to rent on Amazon. Uh, Alex, you have LA Confidential. Mm. And that is on Amazon Prime in the UK and also available on Sky Store. That mm, that wasn't because I don't like LA Confidential. Yeah. That's because this is a lot of work. Yeah, you need to start now. This is a lot of work. How many times have you seen LA Confidential? I bet you know it really well. Yeah, but Easy. it's a lot of work. Easy peasy. I feel like it's a lot. I feel like... I gave you movies where you just had to watch the movies and read one legal case out, and that's it. And now I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to spend. Oh, you're going to read the novel. This is great news. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I forgot about the novel. <laughs> you, uh, you haven't got a novel. No, I know I haven't. He's got I'm a novel. I'm in his novel. Anyway, you could read my novel if you want. I'm happy. <laughs> I'd love to. I'm happy for you to do that. All right then. So Chinatown versus L.A. Confidential. That is next week's shows. If you want to do your homework, thank you very much for listening. Congratulations to Olympus Has Fallen, <laughs> the winner uh, of our War of the White House. Uh, do please subscribe to us if you haven't done already and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. I know I say it all the time, but it is really, really helpful to us. And do follow us on Twitter at ClashPod. Back on Monday, talking Chinatown. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.